Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. We are so excited that you're here today. And uh, we have a very special guest with us. If you didn't know, uh, today is National Speed the Light Sunday. And uh, we have uh, Ben Andrews with us today. He is the District Youth Director for the Arkansas Assemblies of God. And so we're so excited to have him today. Without any further ado, would you give a Harrison Faith welcome to Ben Andrews? What is going on? I am Red Bull excited, triple espresso excited to be here this morning. I'm just going to let you know. I got up way earlier than I normally do on a Sunday morning, drove all the way up the mountain from below, below uh, Little Rock. We actually call it South Arkansas down there. And uh, all the way up here to the northern border. I feel like I'm in like um, enemy territory I've driven so far this morning. I've just like just gone so far. Um, but I am excited to be here. Uh, it may be the couple of coffees that I drank on the way, uh, but I think it really comes down to it is the Holy Spirit that is moving in this place, doing an incredible work. I, I am just, uh, I'm blown away by, uh, by what I sense in this place this morning, by what God is doing. I, I just spotted you. I want to say hello to my friends, Brandon and Kristen from uh, Russellville, our time together there. Uh, lots of good memories, lots of good friends and uh, I'm really sorry that my family could not be here, especially to you guys, because I know that y'all would love to see them. Uh, and the rest of you, I'd like to introduce them to you. My wife of 16 years, her name is Lindsay, and uh, she and I are raising four world changers. Uh, two of them are biological, Madison and Jackson. And uh, by the end of this year, um, through, the, through the foster care system in Arkansas, we will have two more babies added to our family, being, making us a family of six. And uh, they are precious, precious children to us. I call them world changers because I truly want to speak life over my kids. I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that they will change the world. They have a testimony. They have a life that is loving God. So much so that this morning on National Speed of Light Sunday, uh, I had the opportunity to be here. Pastor Caleb booked me like a year ago uh, to be here on this Sunday, uh, and, and um, my family would be here with me this morning, but my 13-year-old daughter, Madison, uh, for the first time is preaching uh, part of the Speed of Light service in our home church in Sheridan. She's tag teaming with our youth pastor and is preaching, uh, speaking about it. She's passionate about missions. Last night she was on the way home, she was, um, she was sharing with me what her, uh, what, what her speed of light portion of the sermon was. And, and when she got done, uh, she asked for critiques like she often does. She knows that I'm kind of tough on her, and, uh, and I, I let her be tough on me. I let her share critiques with me when we get done on a Sunday or a Wednesday. And, and so I was sharing with her, uh, you know, a couple of things, and she just, she just stopped. And she said, I just love missions more than anything. And I was like, come on, baby girl. I love you so much for, uh, for having a heart for Jesus. And uh, my son Jackson, he's the coolest kid. He's got a mullet that's like down to right here. I'll show you a picture in just a second. Uh, but super, super cool kids. Uh, and then Hadessa and Elisha, our two newest babies, 15 months old, six months old. Uh, just absolutely, uh, they have my heart. Uh, they have my heart. 
Uh, I want to say thank you, Pastor Caleb Morgan. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to be here this morning. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for entrusting me with this pulpit. I, I will make sure that I do my very best to treat it with, the, uh, with honor. Um, and I will just say it is an honor to be here, all right? Um, I have watched this church from afar from a, for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, uh, it was like 16 years ago or so, uh, if you talk with Pastor Arliss, uh, if you know who he is, uh, if you talk with him, he will tell you the story of this time that he called a freshman in Bible college to come and uh, potentially be the worship leader here, and that that freshman at CBC did not return his phone call. Um, that freshman in Bible college was me, and uh, though he swears up and down that he called and left a voicemail for me, I never got it, never received it. Months went down the road. He moved on. I never knew he was even thinking about me. And, uh, and so the rest of my life is history. I ended up taking a, a position at the end of my freshman year in Springfield and, uh, and, and never had the opportunity to be here. I've never had the opportunity to preach here. Uh, so it's really kind of cool to be here this morning. I just want to, again, say thank you for that opportunity um, I want to introduce you to somebody. Her name is Abby. I've got a picture of her here. Uh, she's sitting in front of, um, of a couple of pies. Yeah, that's her. Uh, Abby is now in the ninth grade, but as a seventh grade student, Abby got a vision and a passion for Speed the Light, for missions. She understood that what Speed the Light was doing across the globe was changing lives, and it was literally speeding up the process of reaching the ends of the earth. And I'm so proud of Abby because she decided she would do something about it. She began to bake pies, and I've had several of these pies because every time that she bakes them, I sign up for one, and I get, go get them, or they're delivered to me, whichever. They're delicious. They're strawberry pies, and, and, uh, and, and she raises money for the purpose of reaching the lost through Speed the Lights. I want to I wanna introduce you to somebody else. His name is Dante. Dante, um, he's a cool kid. And uh, just a couple of years ago, he uh, was, was doing his thing. He was in sports. He was uh, in school. Um, as, a, as a 16-year-old, he was, he was living life. Uh, he, was a, he was a cool guy. He, uh, he heard from the Lord one night in a youth prayer service. Come on, somebody. How awesome is that, that God is still speaking to teenagers across America and across the globe? He was in a youth prayer service, and he heard the voice of God speak to him and say, Dante, I want you to give $1,000 to speed the light this year. And Dante's like, yes, sir, Lord. And uh, the backstory on Dante, though, is, is this. Dante is being raised by a single parent. Dante is living um, in, in, in an apartment in his town. I drove... Uh, just drove through the interstate just a, a few days ago, and, and I, I looked again. I, I know the area of this town and where he lives, and, and uh, the, the, the crazy thing about Dante is that he was walking from his apartment over the interstate to the Hardee's that he works at, and that is how he raised $1,000 to give to Speed the Light. Day after day, balancing school and sports, working, walking to work at that. Yeah, 
It gets better, though, because he was in another prayer service not too long after he gave that $1,000 to speed the light that he heard from God once again. Their church was in a, a mortgage uh, pay-down season, you might call it that, and they were working to, uh, to pay off their building debt, and they laid rocks across the altar, and each family in the church would come, and they got a rock or two or three, and the pastor of the church had gotten several rocks for his family to, to, to give $1,000 per rock, and Dante in that prayer service heard the voice of the Lord once again say, I want you to go get one of your pastor's rocks, and I want you to pay $1,000 for him towards your mortgage, and that's exactly what Dante did. I love Speed the Light because it gives the opportunity for students to figure out what this thing called missions is all about. Before we give a single dollar to missionaries, before we do anything across, uh, across the planet, I want you to understand that Speed the Light is a discipleship tool to teach our teenagers the passion for loving Jesus so much that they would pick up his mission that he had on earth to reach the lost. Yes. Yeah, that's a good place to say amen. I don't know if you guys do that here or not, but uh, that's a good place for it if you want to. It's a discipleship tool to teach our students all across the nation how to give and tangibly see what happens across the globe. I want to introduce my two world changers, two of them anyway. This is Madison and Jackson. This was several months ago before the mullet became a true mullet. Uh, it was actually, uh, yeah, you all need to look it up. It's awesome. It's best mullet in Arkansas. Madison and Jackson are super special. They're, they're my first two world changers, and they... In uh, over the last several years, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, take it down just for notch. I feel like I'm just yelling at you. Let me bring it down for a second. This is kind of special. My kids each year for the last several years, once they started giving to missions personally and raising funds themselves each year over the last several years, they raise more money on their own than some of our churches in Arkansas do by themselves. Yeah. And this is where Speed the Light comes in. My daughter, Madison, she's 13. She's just kind of surpassed that average age of, of victims in sex trafficking. The average age is about 12 for a young lady to be tricked or trapped into traffic as a victim. That kind of hits home with me having a daughter that age. But I want you to know this morning that Speed the Light is doing something about that. I want you to know that we're partnering with organizations like Free International. I have a truck, a picture of the truck that we purchased ourselves. Even this month, we took on the project for Free International, which goes and searches for, uh, for, for missing and exploited children all across the U.S., looking for those who have been sold into sex slavery, rescuing them literally from the pits of hell and bringing them restoration. This is, yeah. This is what Speed the Light is a part of, but even, even cooler than that, this month, because of, of, of the, just the messed up minds of pimps that, that, that uh, handle these young ladies who are sold into sex slavery, uh, because of their messed up minds, they literally, with tattoos, brand some of these ladies. 
And just this month, we agreed as the Arkansas district, we purchased uh, and are purchasing a tattoo removal machine to go into one of these trucks in order to take away that branding that the world has put on these ladies and to give them the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. These are U.S. AG missionaries that are operating these trucks that have clearance all the way up to the attorney general that are going and they're searching and they're finding ladies, young, young, young children, uh, adults that have been tricked or, or trafficked, and they're rescuing them and bringing them the hope of Jesus. So my daughter's raising money literally to save people who are just like her across the U.S. My son, who's 10, he represents uh, just everything that is, uh, that is cool uh, in the world. Uh, he's, he's bold. He's, he doesn't care what people think. He, uh, he loves Jesus. He loves people, and he loves to take care of people. I, I, want, I want your help with me just for a second. If, you have a, a, if you're a mom in the house and you have a child that is five years old or, or older, would you just stand? I need nine moms to stand up. You got, you got kids that are at least five years old. There's one, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's good. Nobody else stand up. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, that's fine. Y'all can all stand up. Let me just make this point real clear. One out of every nine of you in sub-Saharan Africa, if you were raising your children in sub-Saharan Africa, one out of nine of you would no longer have your children that child would not make it past the age of five. You can be seated. I want you to grasp just for a second. There were probably 18 moms that just stood up. Some of y'all sat back down. So out of the 18 moms that stood up that have children who are at least five years old, two of you would no longer have your children if you were raising them in sub-Saharan Africa. A lot of that is due to the lack of clean drinking water. You're saying, I thought this was a church service where we're like spread Jesus and all you're talking about is rescuing people and giving them clean drinking water. Well, let me explain what is happening through WorldServe. And in just a second, I'm going to show you some, a video. You can roll some of those slides. I, I want you to see what's happening through WorldServe that Speed the Light is partnering with. We're doing something about this clean drinking water crisis, this, this, um, this, this issue that is causing innocent lives to, to die every single day. And we're doing something about it. We're not just offering just clean drinking water to villages and communities across East Africa. Every one of these wells that are dug are dug on church property. I want you to capture that just for a second. We're not just giving clean drinking water to communities and to villages across Eastern Africa. We're literally changing not just the landscape of the physical, but of the spiritual by bringing Jesus and connecting him with, uh, with a need, with water that people in Eastern Africa need. I want to show that video. They can explain it so much better than me. Water is life. Having clean drinking water is something that most of us in the United States take for granted. At the turn of a faucet, you can rinse your dishes, take a shower, and make a refreshing glass of iced tea. But imagine life without clean water, where you have to travel hours on foot in the hot sun just to find a muddy trench filled with stagnant rainwater. Insects have laid their eggs in it. Your livestock drink from it. 
It is diseased with animal feces and urine, but it's the best you got to bring home to your children and family. Water determines quality of life. Water is essential. Water is life. And water is the vehicle which the gospel is being spread in Africa. Over the next few years, Speed the Light has made the commitment to spread the gospel through unconventional means. We are bringing physical water along with the living water of Jesus Christ to completely transform these desperate villages in Africa. Your Speed the Light money will make it possible for WorldServe to strategically dig wells just like this one next to churches. These churches then become powerful oasis centers in which water provides sanitation, restores dignity, and changes lives for all eternity. Will you help? Speed the Light is calling you, along with thousands of students across America, to end the water crisis in Africa once and for all, bringing the gospel to the most remote places so that every person may find life in Jesus Christ. So my question this morning that I want to answer is, why do these teenagers give to Speed the Light? Why do they give to missions? Why are teenagers all over the world, or all over the nation at least, coming up with unconventional ways to raise money so that the gospel could be spread? I can tell you that their why is not to receive a plaque or a prize. Their why is not for a trophy or for bragging rights. The why is very simple. They understand that they have been commissioned by Jesus to reach the lost and that this is a very effective way to do that. I want to get into this why just for a moment. I want to open your word, if you will, to Mark chapter 6. I want to share a very familiar story with you, but I want to point out something very, very special about this story. Mark chapter 6. Starting in verse 30, I'm going to paraphrase most of this, but I want you to understand that this is a moment where uh, the disciples, they have already gone out once. They have prayed for the sick. People have been healed. They've driven out demons. And they've re returned to Jesus. And they are reporting to him all that had been done and all that had been taught. And Jesus, uh, because there were so many people coming and going, uh, he didn't have a chance to eat. And so he said, come with me by yourselves, verse 31, to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. <laughs> this is where it gets a little interesting. They're trying to get away. They're trying to go to a quiet place to get rest. Verse 33, many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. What a crazy story. Jesus and his disciples looking for some rest. They get on a boat. They start heading out. And everybody's like, hey, I know those guys. And I know what they just did. And I know their leader. I want to be with them. And so they ran ahead of where they were going. And they got there in the verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had what? Compassion on them. 
because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were literally running for answers. They were literally running for leadership. So that he began teaching them many things. He had compassion on them. You want to know the why that Jesus did what he did? He's had compassion on the lost. He had compassion on the, he still has compassion for the lost. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. They sound like they're whining to me just a little bit. And then they try to tell Jesus what to do. Send the people away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Compassion kicks in. Jesus says, no, no, that's not how we're going to do it. You give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we just going to go into town and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? I want you to recognize they didn't ask why Jesus said what they said. They asked how. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Not why. Let's finish this. Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? He said, go and see. They went and found out they had five loaves of bread and two fish. And so Jesus directed them. You know the rest of the story. They sat down in groups of people. They took that bread and he took that fish and he prayed over it and multiplied it. And it went out and it fed 5,000 men plus women and children. And they had basketfuls left over. The point that I want to make here is not to rehash a story that probably many of us have heard for years. I want to point out the fact again that when Jesus said, you go do something about it, their question was not why. Now, I don't know, some of y'all have kids and you've been asked the question, why? Some days, maybe one too many times and you're like, if you ask me why one more time, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> sometimes when it comes to Jesus giving us instructions, sometimes our first response is, but why should I do that? That is not what Jesus is looking for. As a matter of fact, I skimmed over the Gospels and I looked for any place where the disciples actually asked Jesus why he was going to heal someone, why he was going to save someone, why he was going to do a miracle. And I can't find a single place where the disciples questioned Jesus on his why. Do you know why? Because they already knew. He lived it out in every single thing that he did. He lived it out in moments like this where the, where the author of this book says that Jesus had compassion on them. Now I want to explain something about the word compassion. If you go back to the original language, to the Greek word that is used there, it, it, it actually has something to do with, uh, or the, the figurative language has something to do with bowels moving. Like if they don't move, I'm going to be in trouble. It's a gut-wrenching, action-motivating decision that takes place inside of you where you see something and you have to act on it. That's what compassion is. Compassion without action is not compassion at all. 
And that's what Jesus had for these people. He looked at them. He recognized these are the people that I came to this earth to save. These are the people that Jesus or that, that my father God sent me to this earth to reach, to seek and to save. According to Luke chapter 19, to seek and to save these people that are lost. They're, they're, they're wandering without like, like sheep without a shepherd. And this is, the, this is what Jesus does. He doesn't just have compassion on them and doesn't just see their need, but he does something about it. He began to teach them. And then when they got hungry, he began to feed them. And if they followed him a little bit longer, he would heal them. And this is what took, take, takes place in this story. The disciples don't ask why. Because they already know. One of the few times that a why is even asked, and it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus' miracles, is when Judas asked Jesus why he allowed Mary to break open an expensive vial of perfume and pour it out on him. And y'all know where Judas ended up. I don't want to be the, the guy who asked Jesus why he's doing something. I'm not afraid to ask how or what are you going to do, God? How are you going to do it through me? Who are you going to use? But I don't want this morning for us, to any of us, to ask the question, why are you doing this, Jesus? The Pharisees asked Jesus a lot of whys. But we know very well. We don't want to be like the Pharisees. They didn't see the kingdom of God like Jesus was presenting it. This why was never questioned about Jesus and his miracles because they knew. They knew he had compassion for people. He spells it out, as I said a second ago, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Why did Jesus come? To find and to save the lost. It's really, really simple. Why did Jesus do miracles? To find and to save the lost. Why did Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, unlock deaf ears, give sight to the blind, get set free the demon-possessed, and feed the hungry to, to find and to save the lost? Why did Jesus die on the cross? To save those that were lost. And why did Jesus leave earth and return to heaven? Well, this is a little different. To give you and myself the opportunity to pick up his mission, have compassion on people, and see the world change. That's the why. We take for granted, I'm just going gonna, gonna to plant myself here just for a moment and hope that, that this is the Holy Spirit speaking through me and not two cups of coffee. Give me, give me bravery, Lord Jesus. We take for granted the greatest blessing in life to know Jesus. Let that sink in just for a second. We take for granted the greatest blessing in life, and that is to know Jesus. We will complain about the pastor, the church board, the worship leader, the Sunday school teacher. We will say that the music is too new, the music is too old. We hold bitterness in our hearts. And when we get to the restaurant after church, we gripe when the waiter doesn't keep our drinks full. We get upset when our team loses, hogs again. If you never set foot onto foreign soil, it's really, really hard to imagine the death and the darkness and to imagine poverty to the degree that the rest of the world describes as poverty. 
we will never fully understand as American citizens what it's like to, to be, well, I hope we don't get to that place where what it's like to be persecuted just to show up on a Sunday morning, where there might be a roadblock down the road where you're asked where you're headed, and if you're headed to church, they might arrest you like some of the rest of the world understands. You have the greatest blessing, and that is to know Jesus and to have access to the gospel. You can pull it upon your phone any any moment of the day. You can come into this church two or three or more times a week. You can have access online. Many of you have Bibles in uh, coming out of your Bibles in your library. We have access to the greatest blessing on earth, and we take it for granted day after day after day. And there are people... I hope that you're listening. There are people, if you, I can't say it enough, if you've never walked on foreign soil, you, you can't fully comprehend what I'm trying to, to spit out at you this morning. You can't fully comprehend what it's like for people to, to walk literally for hours to get to church just to stand under a shaded tree in a hundred degree heat. Come on, I'm talking from experience. In 2016, I walked dirt streets, praying with individuals in homes that look a lot like our, some of our old rusted sheds. In this city, in the country of Nicaragua, we, we saw people who work for about a dollar a day just to stop at a market on the way home for some rice. If they're lucky, they'll get some flour, some beans. They have no way of refrigerating food items, even if they did have enough money to buy more. The problem with a life like this, the problem in a third world country like this, living day to day, getting paid each day, spending that paycheck each day, is that when a, when a, a crisis like COVID hits, or a hurricane, two of which in the last year devastated the country of Nicaragua. When something like that happens and people begin to die and mass graves, untold things we may not ever know about. As a matter of fact, in this country, in just the first few months of, of COVID, we had 50 national AG pastors pass away. They had, in a bordering country, I'm just going to share this, I don't even know why. In a bordering country, a cardboard box company that makes cardboard boxes, probably some of the same cardboard boxes you get your Amazon Prime in. They converted that factory from making boxes to making makeshift coffins. Because people were dying at such a large rate. You could put that into a situation like Nicaragua and you put missionaries who are there who are in love with the people living out day in and day out, trying to make a difference and an impact on the people who are there spreading the gospel of Jesus. I was contacted by Kendra Doubt. I'm going to show a video in just a moment of what we did. Kendra reached out to me saying, listen, this is a situation it's bad here. Things are really, really rough. Without people having their daily jobs, they're just starving. If COVID doesn't kill them, it's starvation. 
they're literally in, in rough shape. Our, these, these hurricanes have devastated the land. We have aid. This is what she's telling me. We have aid in our warehouse, but we have no way to get it to the people. Can you help? And I said, absolutely. A normal process that takes a month or two of a missionary applying for some type of project, some type of assistance, and then that process going to our national office and being reviewed and approved to me funding it. That process took about 13 days. And I want to show you what took place directly after they got this vehicle. Show that video. We're so excited because Arkansas Speed the Light, you have donated this five and a half ton Eno truck to us that's going to be used for humanitarian aid distribution throughout the entire country of Nicaragua. If you could only imagine the huge blessing that this is, the tool and the resource it is for us to get aid into the hands of people who so desperately need it um, and to take the word of God with that aid and to put it into their hands in such desperate times of need. And we are so grateful. We are so thankful. You guys have been part of something so much bigger than yourselves, so much bigger than us. God is doing something so supernatural and divine here in Nicaragua. And it is so exciting that you guys have decided to partner with us and give us this amazing, amazing blessing. And we are just believing God that so many souls will be saved through the humanitarian aid distribution that's gonna be made with this truck. We love you so much, Arkansas. Thank you so much for thinking about us, for loving missions, and for helping us speed the light across the country of Nicaragua. God bless you. I hope that I've adequately given an idea of what Speed the Light does. In Arkansas, we are in the middle of a, a huge, just momentum run where literally because of the faithfulness of our churches and our teenagers across the globe, we're able to, to reach out. We are, we are literally touching countries all over the world, including our own. Just this week, just a couple of days ago, I had the opportunity to partner with Rural Compassion from Convoy of Hope in Springfield to be able to help purchase a truck for them to be able to continue to distribute resources across the nation. Arkansas is a huge beneficiary of Rural Compassion. Just this week, I talked with a missionary in Kenya who is about to, who just received a brand new truck for Convoy of Hope to be able to distribute food and resources across the nation. I also, I told you a moment ago about the, the, the tattoo removal machine. I'm pumped about that. To see what the enemy meant for evil, God turn it around and change it for good. Just, just a, a couple of hours west of here at Ability Tree, a ministry that is focused on ministering to families with disabilities, children with disabilities, 
in just less than a month, they're going to begin having their own service at their own facility where children with disabilities can come in, have a safe place, and families who don't normally get to go to normal quote-unquote church will get to go to church. And it's all going to be, ha it's all going to happen because of sound, video, and staging that was bought, purchased by Speed the Light here in Arkansas. Some incredible things that are happening. And I want, you, I want to make sure that you know that. But I want you to know, before I ask you for a single dollar this morning, I'm going to first ask you for your life. I'm going to ask for you to wholeheartedly and unequivocally give your life to Jesus Christ. And why? Because he had compassion on you when he saw you, as the Bible says, before you were even known to this world, you were knit together by the hands of an almighty creator. And that while you were still sinners, that Jesus Christ died for you and for your sins. So you want to know why this morning I come to you asking, begging, imploring, and pleading before I ask for a single dollar, I'm asking for your life. I'm asking that this morning that you literally lay your life down as a sacrificial statement to God that I am yours. And this is what I believe wholeheartedly. Teenagers, students, right here in front of me, I wholeheartedly believe that if you give God your life wholeheartedly, that the money, relationships, decisions, all of that will come. It'll, it'll all fall in line whenever you wholeheartedly and totally give your life to Jesus. So with your heads bowed this morning, your eyes closed, our ushers are in just a moment, they're going to come and they're going to help us finish out this service. But before we do that, I cannot move on without giving you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Now you're like, Pastor Ben, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for 50 years. I know this thing. I've heard mission spills. I've heard it. I've given to missions. Maybe whatever, whatever season of life you're in, to the youngest, to the oldest in this room. I'm asking this morning for just one more time for you to get the yes out of the way. You say, what, is, what does that mean? How is that different? This is what I mean, every person under the sound of my voice, that before God speaks to you the next time, that your answer is already yes. Now that's a bold and a very, very powerful commitment that I'm asking you to make this morning. I'm asking you literally to blindly walk into the will of God for the next time he speaks to you, whether it's today, a month from now, a year from now, or every day between now and then, that your answer would, before he speaks to you, your answer would be yes. This is a commitment that should not be taken lightly. So I'm not expecting every person in this room to stand, but I would sure love to see a large majority of you stand that you would say this morning, Ben, I wanna get the yes out of the way. Before, God speaks to me another time. I want to make sure that I'm prepared with my yes. If that's you, would you stand right where you're at? Whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, your answer this morning to God before he speaks to you again is yes. I'm going to get the yes out of the way. I'm so thankful that so many of you are standing. 
simply committing to me and to God this morning that your answer, should the Lord speak to you today or tomorrow or the next week or the next year, that your answer is yes to him without hesitation, without thinking about it. Whatever you ask us to do, God, whatever you call us to, whatever small task it may be, whatever simple step of obedience that it might be, whatever large step of obedience it might be, whatever it is, God, our answer in this moment is yes. Over half of you are standing. I'm going to pray for you right now. God, right now in this moment, in this place, it takes a huge step of commitment and of, and of obedience and boldness for these to stand and say, I'm getting the yes out of the way. Lord, before you speak to me again, I'm going to say yes. Lord, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to listen to your voice. And when you say to go, my answer is going to be yes. Where to? When you say give, your answer is going to be yes. How much? When you ask God to bless, to pray for, to hold up, to encourage, to, to strengthen. When you ask me to give to those who are in need, compassion will act with my yes. So God, thank you for those who have said yes to you this morning. Thank you for those who have been willing and bold enough to make this commitment, not just to me, but to you. That every day for the rest of their lives, when you speak, their answer is yes. Lord, I pray special blessing upon their obedience this morning. I ask this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, would you maybe sit just for a moment. Let me finish this with this. I'm about to give some specific instructions for how uh, Pastor Caleb has, has worked this out. But I want you to know that I am a firm believer in the unity of a church. I'll explain why. I walked into my first pastorate four years ago, a little over four years ago. First time to be a lead pastor, I walked into a mess. I was voted in 100% unanimously. A year later, the church had grown, things had gotten better, foundation had been built. I was voted in again at 100% unanimously for an indefinite time period. I looked at the church and I recognized this is a church that's in unity. Two weeks later, I resigned and accepted this position. <laughs> It was a rough day, but I believed that God was leading and directing and long story short, we stayed in the church. The next pastor, I had the opportunity to bring him in. He came in, the church voted him in unanimously. The church continued to grow a year later. Church doing incredibly well at his one year vote, voted him in unanimous, unanimously again. I tell that story to tell this. I love a church in unity. I love a church that will stand together, that will pray together, that will encourage one another. I believe in unity in the church. And so this is your opportunity this morning. Pastor Caleb is, is giving you the opportunity to partner with the teenagers of this church to give to speed the light. 
so that the gospel could be spread. You're literally joining hundreds of thousands of students all over America that this year will likely raise over 12 to 13 million dollars so that the gospel could be spread. Arkansas alone potentially will raise a million dollars for the first time in history so that the gospel could move further and faster than ever before. This is what I'm asking of you. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. I'm asking for unity in this church. I'm asking for every family unit to participate this morning in giving. Every family unit, every person, every family that's represented in the house today, I'm asking you to be in unity with the person on the left and the right of you, the person that's in front of you and behind you, that this entire church would be in unity this morning. If you just give a dollar, you are literally putting that dollar in with, in unity with everyone else, making a difference. Now, here's the cool thing, and ushers, you can go ahead, and, and I think you're going to come and spread those out. Is that correct? Across the altar. That I'm, it's been a minute since you told me that. These altars um, are going to be placed and lined with envelopes that have dollar amounts typed on them, ranging from $1 to $99. Is that right? $100? They're going to be spread out across this right here. And, um, and this is what we're asking. We're asking that you would, as a family unit, pick up one of these envelopes. And I, don't, I don't want everybody racing to the $1. I'm not even gonna tell you where it's at. I see it, but I'm not gonna tell you where it's at. I need you racing to the $99. Where is it? Let me find that. We're getting close right here. This has gotta be close to it. Y'all need to be looking right here. This is the $80 range, the $90 range. Here's the cool thing, because of our partnerships, because of some opportunities that we have with NFL football players, NBA football, NBA basketball players, that would be a site, NBA football player, NBA basketball players, NFL football players, because of our partnership with WorldServe, this morning, this offering that, that you take and you give back before December 19th, you pick up this envelope with the amount of money that's stamped on it between now and December 19th. You bring that back with that money in it. That amount is going to be matched dollar for dollar because of these partnerships. Now, I have never asked this before. Pastor Caleb, I'm walking out on very thin ice, like, like I can't even see it. This morning as we were worshiping and as I was praying, I just sensed in my heart an opportunity to challenge you just a step further. I, I would love for you to do this. This is already being matched. What you give between now and December 19th is already being matched. So if you give $50, you're literally giving $100. What I'm asking you to do, what I felt in my heart, is I'm challenging you to whatever envelope that you take, that you would double that. You would literally quadruple what you thought you were gonna come and give this morning. I'm asking that if you take this envelope and it says $70 on it, that you give $140 between now and December 19th. I'm challenging you. I, that's, that is the, the pastor of this moment right here. I'm not the pastor of this church, but of this moment, I'm pastoring this moment, being led by the Spirit of God, asking you to challenge you 
to give sacrificially. Now, whether you obey or not, that is totally up to you. But I'm asking you to do that. I've already given. I gave before I got to church here, to your church. Your church will get credit for it. I believe in this that much. I want you to be a part of what the kingdom of God. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to get up from your place. Every family unit represented, come and grab an envelope. If we run out of envelopes, write your own out. If these amounts aren't large enough for you, write your own amounts. But this is an opportunity for you to act in obedience. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to drop the mic and let the worship team finish it out. God, I love you. I thank you. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that Harrison Faith would be in unity with one another. Lord, that every family unit represented in church this morning would be a part of what you're doing across the nation through Arkansas Speed the Light. Lord, what you're doing across the globe is literally changing the landscape, both physically and spiritually, for hundreds and thousands and potentially millions of people just because of the faithfulness of your church. I pray in the name of Jesus for obedience, Lord, that people would come to this altar and not just pick up an envelope and lay down some money, but they would lay down their life for you in the name of Jesus. I ask, amen and amen.